0: Any successful plan requires wisdom and preparation and retirement is no different. It's time for the plan wise, retire free
1: podcast. Welcome into this week's edition of Plan Wise Retire Free with Jude Wilson and Mike Mott once again here talking about investing, finance and retirement. This is part 2 of our conversation with our special guest Jeff Levine who was joining us prior talking about the ticking tax time bomb and some other things we're going to want to know as we move uh, to in, into the future really and through COVID and all the things that have been going on. So Jude, Mike, welcome back in this week. How are you guys doing? Doing great. I feel like Rocky. I can hear "Eye of the Tiger" in the background. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good, Mike. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing
0: fantastic. You what, know, life is good down here in Florida. What are you hearing in the background? You, um, if he's you here, have to socially distance. Well, but right. Yeah. Uh, you know, being out on the water works really well for that. So I like to go fishing.
1: That's true. So, what do you hear in the background? If he hears Eye of the Tiger, what do you what do you hear musically playing in the background? What kind of music would you be listening to?
0: You don't want me to sing.
1: Don't want, really. I don't want <laughs> you to sing. No, but, you know. Uh, maybe he's got some.
2: the tax man from Beatles. Playing there you go. That's man. a good one. Tax man.
1: <laughs> well, that's Jeff here with us. So we're going to get into our continuing conversation about a lot of things. We've, was a great episode on the prior podcast guys. So go check that out. If you haven't, please do so at Apple, Google, or Spotify. You can find all of that by just typing in plan wise, retire free in the search box. Or you can go to retirefreepodcast.com And Jude, take it away. I know you got many more questions for uh, Jeff to dive into
3: with you. Well, Jeff, first of all, thanks for your time and welcome back. We really set the stage in the first podcast talking about what is the ticking tax time bomb and why should everybody be concerned about it? I thought in this episode, we can nail down some strategies and maybe give some examples So that our clients and our listeners could kind of see if these are the type of things that really they fit into that they see themselves in. So I'd like to go that route. Sure. There's so much today. I mean, we could literally spend the next five weeks
2: talking (laughs) about tax planning strategies that apply to different people. But I I think, you know, one of the uh, if we look at kind of different categories of people, one place we can start is with business owners and notably the Tax Cut and Jobs Act created a really amazing break for a variety of business owners called the qualified business income deduction or QBI deduction. Some of your listeners may re- have heard that referred to elsewhere as the pass-through deduction or the 20% deduction. They all mean the same thing. They're all the they're all the same thing. And effectively what it does is it creates a deduction of up to 20% of business profits for that business owner. So you can imagine that this is a, you know, a substantial benefit on a year over year basis. Uh if we think about a business owner who let's say profits $350,000 for the year, this is a $70,000 deduction year over year over year potentially. So the first thing I would uh, would say is, if you are a business owner, you really need to make sure that you're maximizing this deduction. And for certain individuals, it's it's fairly straightforward for individuals who are below the phase out threshold. So uh, this year, I, I believe the phase out range is three hundred twenty six thousand six hundred dollars for married couples filing a joint tax return, and uh, half that for all other filers, single filers, uh, head of households, etc. And What's really important is if you're below those income limits, uh, then you really don't have to worry about what type of business structure you have or type of business you operate, whether you're a, a doctor, a lawyer, or a widget maker. It also means that you don't have to worry about how much in wages your business pays or whether you have depreciable property that you own. But once you begin to exceed those income limits, it becomes really important. For instance. Understanding whether you're a specified service business owner, a specified service trade or business is the official name for it, that becomes critical. And if you're wondering, you know, hey, I'm listening, I'm a business owner. Am I a specified service business? It includes a variety of different job types, but things like a lot of white collar professions are lumped in there. So uh, for instance, financial advisors uh, like yourselves are, are generally lumped in there along with doctors and lawyers and accountants as well as uh, other again other white collar professions typically in there whereas if you're a non-specified service business owner a a widget maker if you will there are different rules notably the high income earners if you're a a high income individual and you are a specified service business owner it kind of stinks because you lose your deduction once you go through your phase out range there's nothing you can do there's no testing that can bring it back it's just gone uh, and this could be a deduction of tens of thousands of dollars every single year that's lost. Now, for non-specified service business owners, that is, there are various ways to bring back that deduction, if you will, even if you're over your phase-outs. Uh, it could depend on how much in wages your business pays or how much in depreciable property. So simply looking at you know changing the nature of your business, taking outside contractors and turning them into employees, for instance, can have a dramatic impact on the size of a deduction on your on your personal income tax return and that's really unusual to see a a business change that has an impact on your personal income tax return and deductions there so that would be the first thing is if you're a business owner understanding the type of business that you have and understanding where you fall on that uh, income spectrum are you below or Are you above and then figuring out how best to address that uh, that potential issue to maximize that deduction because again it could be tens if not hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, for some very successful business owners.
0: So a CPA would probably be um, the right person for that person to talk to in order to be able to maximize that uh, deduction. Would you say that would be right?
2: Some CPAs, you know, the, the problem here is that your typical tax season where you meet your CPA. Uh, You walk in, you give them their papers, you may have a conversation for a little bit, you leave the door, you probably get something in the mail, maybe these days online you get a PDF or something like that. And that's the extent of your experience with your tax professional. And uh, I think as we mentioned on our our, our last uh, discussion together, there's a real big difference between tax planner and tax preparer. And in most instances, when people go in early in the year and they hand their documents, they're doing the latter. They're giving information to a tax preparer and it's unlikely at that moment in time that the planning is being done now certainly there are cpas out there that are great tax planners as well and there's a usually a follow-up or other appointments throughout the year where that tax planning is done but most individuals i talk to meet their cpa once maybe twice a year and it's to discuss the preparation not to do good tax planning. So I think good tax planning can be done by a CPA. It could also be done by a financial advisor. Uh, there's no monopoly on who does good tax planning. It's simply someone who's forward-looking and is trying to make that future tax bill as low as possible based on all the tools and techniques we have at our disposal today.
0: So let's talk about, uh, I don't want to say Joe Lunchbox, let's talk about a typical retiree, what would be some things that they could do?
2: Sure. You know, typical retiree needs to, um, you know, things like harvesting tax-free capital gains. You know, that's a a bread and butter strategy that I see people miss every single year. For those who aren't aware, if you're in the 10 or the 12% ordinary income tax brackets, then you're in the 0% long-term capital gains bracket. And there's only one thing better than not paying tax, And that's paying tax at a 0% rate. And now I know some of your listeners are saying, wait a second, that sounds like exactly the same thing, right? If I'm not paying taxes, isn't that just like paying tax at a 0% rate? And it's not. And the key difference is when you pay tax at a 0% rate, you create basis. So let, let's just give a hypothetical example for your listeners here. Let's imagine that you, you bought something for $90,000 uh, last year and it had a good year and it grew to $10,000 this year. And you happen to find yourself in the you know, 10 or 12% bracket. You could sell that investment if you were, uh, if you were so inclined, capture the $10,000 of gain as long as you held it for at least a year and a day, so it was a long-term capital gain, you could sell that investment. And even if you liked it, you could buy it right back. You know, you could sell the investment and then you know buy it back the next day. Now, some of people are probably thinking, well, isn't there that 30-day rule, Jeff? What, what about that wash sale rule? Well, that only deals with investments that have a loss. Here, we're focused on something that has a gain. And selling it and paying tax at a 0% rate on that 10000 of gain means when you go back and buy the same investment with your $100,000, that's now your basis. That's now your tax-free amount that you're buying the investment with, and so let's just imagine that this happened year over year over year, and every year, magically, somehow, the investment made $10,000, and every year, you waited a year and a day, you sold it, and then you bought it right back. So each year, you increased your basis by $10,000. By the end of the 15th year, right, you'd have about $250,000 in the investment with $240,000 a basis. So if you went to go sell it and liquidate it and decided to use that $250,000 say to live on, you now have $250,000 of free money that's yours that you can put in your pocket that you can spend. Alternatively, if you didn't utilize that Free space in your 10 and 12% ordinary rates, again, giving you the 0% long term capital gains bracket. And you just let that investment ride as most people do. And 15 years from now, you came back and you said, Well, I want to sell it when it's $250,000. You have $160,000 of gain. You are not going to be in the 0% tax bracket any longer. You are going to be in a much higher tax bracket than that. Uh, you know, paying tax on, you know, maybe at 15%. Who knows what capital gains rates will be at that time. But the bottom line is by being proactive and taking, you know, that that step each year and one day to sell and then to buy back and to capture the gains at the 0% rate, you are increasing your basis at a cost of zero dollars to you. And so for listeners wondering, you know, does this apply to me? Uh, should I be looking at this? Just go ahead and look at your tax return. And I know that is a complicated document that's in many cases, you know, you know, tens, uh, if not some cases, 100 pages long for some individuals. But you just got to look at your taxable income line. Check that taxable income line and see. This year, you can have about $78,000 of taxable income before you get through to the higher than the 12% ordinary income tax rate, which would be higher than the 0% long-term capital gains bracket. So to put this in maybe a little bit more straightforward terms, if you're married and you file a joint tax return and you have $100,000 of starting point income or less, this very much applies to you because this year the standard deduction is about $24,000. Subtract that from $100,000, we are back down to $76,000 of taxable income. You're in the zero percent long-term capital gains bracket, and you can actually structure this with good planning. And I know, uh, Mike, your your famous uh, quote is uh, "Do the math." I believe I think I learned that on the last episode. You can do the math right, and then figure out how much you can sell one hundred percent tax free and increase your basis by that amount. It's foolish. To have empty space in your 0% long-term capital gains bracket that is unutilized year over year. So that is a, a bread and butter planning strategy for a, uh, uh, as you say, a, a Joe lunchbox type and a, more, a more, uh, more standard median income taxpayer should absolutely be looking at things like that year over year.
0: So, Jeffrey, we've, we've kind of covered both ends of the spectrum. So what would you say about somebody, maybe somebody that's in the middle there, not somebody that's on the low end, but not with the business owners, but something in the middle? You have something for us there?
2: Yeah. I mean, we could look at something that applies literally to everyone, low income, middle income, high income. If you're a retiree and you're charitably inclined, you know one of the most valuable strategies that you can take advantage of today is the Qualified Charitable Distribution, or QCD, and this has massive benefits for both the individuals who have more modest income, as well as those who have a substantial amount of income. Let's start with the uh, more modest income first. As uh, most people are aware, the standard deduction was roughly doubled by the Tax Cut and Jobs Act. The cause was the Tax Cut and Jobs Act. The effect is that many fewer individuals today actually itemized their deduction. It's about a third of the people from before the uh, Tax Cut and Jobs Act. It was about 30% before. It's about 10% of all taxpayers today continue to itemize their deductions. And if you're not itemizing your deductions, you don't get any tax benefit from giving to charity each year. doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. You should do it because you're an altruistic person. You want to support a charity that you believe in and a cause you support. But it doesn't help you tax-wise. And so what happens with a lot of our older clients today, uh, just as an industry, they end up taking their RMDs. They don't really think about the right way to give it to charity. And they take it out of their IRA. They deposit it into their bank account like normal. And then sometime either earlier or later in the year, they're writing their checks out to charity. And that's a really poor way of satisfying your charitable desires because what's effectively happening there is... You're just increasing the amount of income you're paying tax on. For argument's sake, let's say you have $10,000 of state and local income taxes uh, and property taxes combined. That's the the maximum amount that you can have under the current law towards your itemized deductions. If you're a married couple this year and you are um, 65 and older, and by the way, QCDs apply to individuals 70 and a half or older. So if you're 65 or older, or rather, if you're seven and a half, you're certainly 65, right? So we're now talking about a standard deduction for those individuals, married couples, of $27,400 this year. So if you've got $10,000 of state and local taxes, here's my question. Where's the other $17,000 of deductions coming from? It's probably not from mortgage. You're 70 years old. You've probably already paid down all, if not most, of that mortgage. It's not from medical expenses. You're on, uh, you know, you're on Medicare. You probably have a, a supplement or a wraparound or, or something like that. And Medicare itself is generally a, a pretty uh, fairly priced insurance. That's why so many people look forward to turning sixty-five and to being able to go on it. So all you're doing effectively is adding more income to be taxed on. If your itemized deductions go from ten thousand up to twenty thousand because you you gave ten thousand dollars away to charity. It doesn't do any good if your standard deduction is $27,400. It's still not above your standard deduction. So your standard deduction doesn't change, but now you've got $10,000 more of income that you took from your IRA. Whereas if you gave that amount directly from your IRA to the charity, the income never shows up on your return to begin with. And as a more modest income filer, you save yourself income tax on $10,000. Now, for those at the higher end of the spectrum, because we said this kind of covers the gamut, you might actually itemize if you, you know, have high income, you're giving away a ton of money, but the charitable deduction is what's known as a below the line deduction or an itemized deduction. It happens after the calculation of AGI on your return. And AGI is a really important number. It's kind of like halftime on your return, but unlike halftime of a typical sporting event that you might go to where the score doesn't really matter, right? Like basketball score, we always uh, used to joke around as kids like you just pay attention to the last three minutes of the game and that's all that matters. You know, football, who cares what the halftime – show me the score at the end of the game. Well, on the tax return, that halftime score, AGI, is actually really important. All the deductions, all the credits, all the everything that's good uh, in the tax code begins to phase out as AGI increases. And by the way, even things that aren't direct taxes, things like your Medicare Part B premiums are tied not to your taxable income, which would happen after your itemized deductions like charitable contributions are taken into consideration, but beforehand. So put differently, if Bill Gates decided to give a billion dollars away to charity, it would not help him with his AGI at all, and it would not help him lower his Medicare Part B premiums, despite giving away a billion dollars. And, you know, clearly if it doesn't help giving away a billion dollars, it won't help giving away 50000 or 5000 or 500 either. And so the qualified charitable distribution, by keeping that income off the return to begin with, not only helps to keep taxable income low, but helps to keep AGI, that key halftime score on the tax return, low as well. And that helps high-income individuals as well as lower-income individuals.
0: You're singing out of my playbook. I just love that, Jeffrey.
2: <laughs> you know, Mike, uh, you're a smart guy. What can I say?
3: <laughs> hey, I started this whole thing by saying he was the Phil Jackson, the Bill Belichick. Now I think our audience knows that I it wasn't hyperbole. Jeff is the man that we turn to to get higher education on all of these advanced planning strategies. And Jeff... I can't thank you enough for taking the time out of your busy day to, to join us on our podcast. And I think our listeners would want to figure out some of the strategies that you've talked about today. So we're gonna make available five key points that people who are listening to the podcast that you should be paying attention to today. And we'll have that as a PDF that you can download. But Jeff, thanks again for you know, spending your time with us.
2: Yeah, it's, it's so my pleasure, you know, uh, like I said, I've known you guys for, for, for many years and it is so rare to see you know, financial planners take the effort and energy to spend not only time, but money as well, really upping their game in the tax area. And, and you two have done that in spades. So uh, I'm sure your listeners appreciate it. I know I appreciate it. And I'm quite certain your clients do as well. So thanks for the opportunity to speak with your audience today and uh, look forward to speaking with you both real soon.
1: Well, we appreciate everybody's time here on the podcast. To get it, that PDF Jude referred to, go to PlanWise Retire Free Podcast com That is retirefreepodcast.com Or give them a call and let them know you'd like to get that PDF as well so they can get your information to send that to you. 800-779-4592. That's 800-779-4592. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on whatever platforming app you choose. Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeart, so on and so forth. You can simply type in the, the name of the show, PlanWise Retire Free, in their search box for each one. Or you can just go again to the team's website, planwise, RetirefreePodcast.com. And with that, we're going to get out of here this week. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks to Jeff Levine for being here with us, as well as Mike and Jude, as always. Guys, have yourself a great, safe week, and we'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. We'll see you the next time here on the podcast, Plan Wise and Retire Free with Jude and Mike.
0: The preceding program is sponsored by Jude Wilson and Mike Mott which is solely responsible for its content.